years into a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the better question is who hasn't. I have one never time, been to a strip club. One time, club. guys, I, I know this is going to incriminate me. I went in a wheelchair because <laughs> I used to live in one, and that was that was questionable. But I was already sitting, so. <laughs> so so lap dances were were uh, half off, or I mean, they I were didn't all you say could get. that. You said it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I asked because this chapter, you know, finding an anecdote that will vaguely uh, represent the chapter we're going to be analyzing in this new short, shorter episode, takes place in a brothel. So we, when we were starting the episode, um, we were like, hey, so we should start out with a personal anecdote. And Eric, you're quick to the punch. I mean, you started in like, I would say it was at least seven seconds. You just were on it. That's yeah, really impressive. Pretty, it was pretty fast. Oh, hey, let's introduce our guest Hi. here. She's never been on Game of Thrones before. It's Jessica. She's from Hypable and a handful of the podcasts Hypable makes. Yes. Hello. It's great to be here. I've been kind of hounding you guys for a really long time about having me on. So I'm excited. Guys, we have a listener. This is proof because she listens to the show. I do. That's cool. What do you think of it? Um, I love it. I promote <laughs> not, it all the time. Not it's to awesome. put you on the spot or anything. Yeah, yeah, not to put you on the spot. But uh, so who's your favorite Game of Bones host? <laughs> yeah. Who's your favorite host? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm not going there. Okay. Yeah, okay. She's smart. She's smart, diplomatic. She knows if she wants to succeed. The, the day show. is Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. And you guys have listened to the first one that we had this week. So I guess since Jessica is having her first time ever on the show. So basically, if you guys missed Monday, what's happening is we have a new thrice weekly Game of Owns set up rather than just coming at you with an episode that's taking up half of your Sunday when you should be watching organized sports. We're going to come at you all week just so we can we can hang out and be best friends. And I think that that sounds beautiful. I, I think that sounds like fun. So beautiful like that it. you've left us speechless. Yeah, yes. I know, right? Just, <laughs> I, was paying, I was paying real attention to how beautiful Eric it was. Eric went to get the tissues and he's slowly dabbing his eyes right now. <laughs> Selena's not here today. I think Eric can tell us why. We actually haven't heard from Selena a little while. You guys know that she wasn't on Monday. And she wasn't on Wednesday, and so now I think is the the opportune moment to to really uh, show you guys. This is the last we've heard from her. It was it was a bit eerie. I, I received a voicemail from her, and it was the following. Laughter, ready? Ha ha ha! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I like how you guys actually did laugh. That's beautiful. <laughs> but we were laughing at your laugh, not yeah. laughing at. <laughs> the audio clip well but nobody I knows that, that she's okay eric mm. well it's good to have you on jess we um thanks we wanted to make this a special episode because this is a special chapter to all of us and i think well i mean really it's a special episode to you eric you have a soft spot for for little finger if, if i do remember correctly <laughs> that sounds so uh <laughs> gross <laughs> i've got it a really soft does. spot for little finger <laughs> that actually I'm is like, pretty terrible when you hear oh that god <laughs> But no, it's true though. You love Littlefinger. You love Baelish. Littlefinger, yeah, Baelish is where it's at. You know, he's he's great. Especially although I will say my affection for the character have, uh, is mostly due to the TV series. Um he's great in the book, but I think without the uh, you know, adaptation and 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 that, I, I think the way he's he's a little bit more suave in the in the in the series and um you know, in the books it's said he has a baby face, whatever. You just can't picture it as well, I think, because of the T V series is probably why I like it. It's the goatee, isn't it? Yeah, he looks better with that. Yeah. I, I no. had a question though before we go further. You know, for our listeners, Jess, what what 
where are you at in the in the Game of Thrones universe? Have you read the books? Did you just watch the TV show? I am about halfway through A Dance with Dragons. Okay. That is Very nice. the fourth one? That's fifth. the fifth book, the most recent Oh, fifth book. one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to keep track. Yeah, it's confusing. Doesn't that sound like a reality TV show? A Dance with Dragons? A Dance yeah. with Dragons. Mm-hmm. Dancing with the Dragons. <laughs> Think about it. Bristol <laughs> yeah. Palin's on it. Oh, man. <laughs> but so must be uh, Sean Connery, who voiced the dragon in Dragonheart. Yeah, he did. And he pulls he up did. his flap. I don't want to spoil anyone, but he pulls uh, up his flap, and that made me so sad, right? That was yeah. sad. That movie is heart-wrenching. Did it what do you mean remind? he pulled up his flap? Did he have to go to the bathroom? Yeah, that's exactly what happened, <laughs> Michael. Michael. It happened on reality TV. Sean Connery went to the bathroom. On the dance floor, dancing with the dragon. With Bristol. When it happened, it reminded me of Bard from The Hobbit. And I was just thinking like, man, that dragon from Dragonheart, he needed to be richer. That's all he needed, and he would have lived longer. You know what I'm saying? I think that that movie is what inspired Skyrim, the video game, and the story. Probably. I digress. Littlefinger has a brothel and stuff. And no, but seriously, you were talking about, oh, I like him better from the show. Yeah. This chapter is one of those um, polarizing moments for me because... He, uh, I almost want to say that he's more suave in the book because when you're watching the show, we don't really understand timing and pacing that well. At least I know that I don't. But when you're reading the book, it's like, wait, Littlefinger had to convince Ned to come out to this brothel. Like, actually, he had, he had to convince him. He's like, because yeah. Ned is doing something else. He's hanging out, like, talking to his daughter, watching her catch cats, you know, doing Hand of the King shit. And, and Littlefinger had to be like, Nedward, listen, um come out to my whorehouse it's it's funny because you described this chapter just then as polarizing and yeah. i heard it i heard it as polarizing mm-hmm. thinking about uh, apparently i'm still back on the, in the strip club in vegas that i went to which was the basis for my anecdote but um Are there strip anyway. clubs in vegas <laughs> yeah dude ask, just ask Bromberg. just ask Bromberg. i live here <laughs> i can't believe <laughs> i can't believe that you haven't been to the one that i went to with Bromberg. so Whatever. Anyway. Well, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Strip club is like a watered down version of a brothel. Really, we've yeah. actually regressed as a society. What about, <laughs> what about you, Jessica? Do you frequent brothels every now and then? Well, you know, sometimes a girl has needs too. You take <laughs> no, your really? this, I, this is completely new to me, Jess. <laughs> that's why. That's why there's elaborate. I have never been to a strip club or a brothel. Sorry to burst your bubble, boys. No, I'm cool with that. I was actually hoping that if you ever went, you would take some of your medieval weaponry with you. And that might make yeah, a scene. It probably would make quite the scene. So you're saying you prefer the produce aisle of the uh, supermarket? I don't uh-huh. even. I don't even really want to know what Mike was getting at there. <laughs> I, I don't, don't either. <laughs> I don't think any of us want to know. Let's move on. You're right, Zach. <laughs> Baelish <laughs> needs to do some legwork to get Ned to go, and I, I think that does kind of make him a little bit more. Uh, you just see how he, he does have to be persuasive to, to be able to succeed in, in the world of Game of Thrones. This is, as far as chronologically, if you guys are keeping up with us, this is chapter 35 in the book, and Ned is meeting, can we go ahead and just say um, supposed or purported? Alleged. Or, uh, I'm trying to think of a word that you know they use in the news to be very like, oh, I want to be neutral. This is a, this is a, yeah, there we go, alleged. This alleged. is an alleged... Uh, mermaid. This m- person may not be a mermaid. This is an alleged mermaid. But he's meeting an alleged bastard named Bara. Bara. I'm sure we'll be corrected in the emails. The the mom does have red hair. I mean, yeah. But is it is the mom based on Roz, or is Roz based on the mom? Like honestly, hmm. yeah. I don't really know. That's a good question. I don't know. I just think maybe little bits here and there inspire parts. But 
did you guys when you're reading this stuff like for example just this chapter i'm talking about a few of them like when when ned's doing his sleuthing his investigatory stuff do you think that the bastards don't always need to look like Robert. That's what I was thinking. But they do, don't they? He sees, yeah, they, he's, they do. It's, it's all alleged, and then he sees them, and he's like, oh, this is clearly Robert's bastard child. Like, Clearly really? my suspicions were true. This is Which his is the person. point of the whole thing, that all yeah. of his children look like him, so clearly... <laughs> his seed is really strong, though. <laughs> yeah. talk, about, talk about strong seeds. Robert's seed is really strong. That's what I was saying. He's like the Genghis Khan of Westeros. <laughs> Except they didn't have him in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> he was sorely missed. He was sorely missed from that film. God, I'm going to watch that movie tonight after football, and I'm going to have a Skype date with Micah and Eric when I do it. Oh, not me. <laughs> no, because you're too busy recording Merlin without us. Sorry. <laughs> you know that yeah. Selena knows him personally? Yeah, she does. I do. No, I've heard that story. Shh. She does. She stretches with him. Yes, I'm, I'm well aware of the story we have discussed Wait. and swooned. Oh, in detail she, she stretches mm-hmm. him or stretches with him. i God. you know i don't i or both. That, that's that's a line is I've that where she crossed. is right now oh, i bet it discovered. is ah oh, selena <laughs> well, so ned is continuing his sleuthing he's nedlock holmes um, yeah, exactly you know going around sourcing out all these these bastards and trying to put the pieces of the puzzles together still and this is kind of a chapter where enough of it happens that it obviously you know keeps you reading but taken on its own like we're doing now it's kind of just you know slowly getting to an eventual conclusion you know Mm -hmm. nothing nothing i don't think we really like learn anything tremendous here it's more about the action than about the um than about why things are happening right now but isn't he also getting ready to leave i mean this is great work on the part of Littlefinger. i think zach you brought it up before to kind of keep him there to give him reason to stay because he's just thrown down his his hand of the kingpin and said hey you know what? I'm done with this. I don't want to deal with it anymore. Yeah, and considering what happens at the end of the chapter, I keep wondering if Littlefinger didn't just want to delay Ned until what happened happened. That's what I meant. I was like, well, Ned's Ned's done. That entire scene happened, and he knew that shit was getting dangerous, and he wanted to go back home. But I, I just think it was very impressive on the role of Baelish to be like, listen, guy, I know you're busy and you're pretty angry, but you should come to my whorehouse because we need to talk about some serious stuff. And Ned already knows about the bastards. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he knows that Joffrey, in all intents and purposes, is not Robert's kid. Probably not. You know. So I just don't know what else he was trying to discover. He's he's in a ponderous mood. You know, he he really just is still trying. I think he doesn't want anything uh, to do with the hand of the king position anymore. But there's still these people at King's Landing that are nothing like the people you'd meet up at Winterfell. And he does still have this passion for figuring out what you know the answers are. He just doesn't want to do so in his capacity as having to deal with all the shit that Robert um, creates. You know, he's creating his own problems. Obviously, everybody else on the council is affected by that. For me, this is like when a girl is on a scary movie and you're like, don't go down that hallway. He's in there. You heard him. You heard a noise in the room that you don't usually hear in your house. Don't go. You know what I mean? Don't go down the hallway. Send, Send the security guy, the maintenance guy. Yeah, call him up. Call him up. Oh, my, my refrigerator is broken. Actually, it's leaking. I ran out of baking soda, and it's leaking. No, but seriously, like it's this. It's it's very clear what's happening. It's very clear who's doing what. And I feel like Martin is riding Ned into a corner to make bad decisions because when you make bad decisions, it makes sense for. That's usually what happens before someone is taken out of a story. You know what I mean? 
like they do something like go down the hallway or they do something they like they walked outside to see what that sound was. I don't think that this is a literal translation of something like that, but it's him doing something that us as an audience were like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, just get mm-hmm. out. Like there's a boat right like waiting for you. Just go back to Winterfell. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's sort of the I think that we're seeing like he makes an unfair um, comparison of Rhaegar to Robert. And he's like, well, I wonder if Rhaegar ever went out to brothels. You know what I mean? Like, I bet he didn't in his head. And he's not really like, he's not dissing Robert, but subconsciously, you know that he's thinking that possibly Rhaegar wasn't as terrible and was, was better at certain things. Like he, like maybe he wouldn't have been in debt so much shit like that. You know what I mean? I think he's thinking more about his sister at that point too. And and who would have been a better suitor to her and and the fact that she even says herself that Robert would have never been loyal to her Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of conflict going on in Ned's mind but it's interesting that he starts thinking about Rhaegar and and the fact it it seems like despite whatever history exists that there was some level of respect between the two of them yeah Ned really respects weird people people who command respect but at the same time who are you know also monsters I, I but I like that about Ned you know, unfortunately, we're forced yet again, and I think it's in a conversation between Baelish and Ned in this chapter, to relive sort of some of the more political snafus that Robert uh, and his dick, you know, have gotten everybody into by fathering all these children that are, you know, political. Uh, they have to be shipped off with Renly and under somebody else's care and Stannis. And basically, Stannis and Renly, you know, Robert's younger brothers, have to court and, and raise these children. Um, that Robert is, you know, just keeps having. And I think Ned sees that for what it is. It's, it's, you know, just unnecessary, like a tremendous amount more paperwork and all because he can't keep it in his pants or remain faithful to his wife. I got a question for you guys. Who's your favorite bastard? Well, I'll, I'll take up Selena's cause. Hello. You like Gendry, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How could you not? Because <laughs> he's out there forging blades, folding the steel. Is that yeah, why you like him? Exactly. I'd, I'd go with Gendry also. Really? Yeah. Well, what are you, what are your reasonings? Because I'm I'm sure they're not really the same as ours. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys uh, like steel. Maybe Micah wants a really awesome sword, and Gendry can make it for him. Exactly. I want. I don't want steel. I want like mithril. I want something crazy as my blade. I bet Gendry could learn how to manipulate mithril or whatever other metals they have that are the equivalent here in Westeros. Well, okay. he's the, he's the one we hear about the most. I feel like unless there's another bastard of Baratheon that's out there somewhere that let's, we just don't know about forget. yet. A disproportionate quantity of them get massacred very shortly. So it's hard to, in the later books, really follow any of his bastards besides the ones that have survived that initial purge. <laughs> and, and in the show, it looked like they were killing half of King's Landing, you know, during, <laughs> at the end of that episode, they were like that's throwing people into the it, water. It kind of felt like we were in Egypt and yeah. like the Pharaoh had just commanded all the... Exactly. Firstborns killed. My favorite bastard is, I think it would have to be Little Miss Maya Stone. Theory at the Eerie? Yeah, the, the Eerie Theory. That's what <laughs> I, see, theory. that's what I think. That's what I think. Huh? That's profound. <laughs> I'm changing my vote. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Do you like that? <laughs> make me feel better about myself. I think that she's my favorite, though, because she's really good at traversing uh, elevated hillsides. I really want Maya Stone, and I really want Jon Snow. I want them to become friends with each other. That's that's something that I want to see. Does he like populate half of Westeros? Is is that just his job? Seems like it. Like I said, man, that is literally why he is the Genghis Khan of Westeros. You know, that's that makes it interesting though. If you think about the Targaryens who, 
you know, practice incest. And eventually, the genetics of it all force them to become insane. Uh, if Robert Baratheon just keeps populating the world in a, in a generation or two, you're going to end up with only your cousin to marry. So Ned uh, finishes up at the brothel. Not in that sense, but uh, in, the, <laughs> in the sense of doing his, his uh, best, uh, what did we call him earlier? Sherlock Ned? Ned, uh, Ned Lock Holmes. Ned Lock. Ned Lock Ned Holmes. Holmes. Yeah, Perfect. exactly. So he's, he's, he's finished up for the day, uh, you know, doing his work, and he's, he's heading back uh, to the Red Keep. And he's, he's actually daydreaming about Rhaegar, right? And then all, yeah. All, yeah. he's, you know, which, okay. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, one of his men calls out to him, and they're surrounded by Lannister guardsmen. And uh, this, you know, scene was a little bit different in the show. Uh, it actually had Jamie attacking Ned, which I thought mm-hmm. made for better TV. Definitely. Um, so it's it's a little bit better, I guess, when you have Jamie uh, putting a, a spear through his leg and, instead of his horse just losing his footing and falling on top of him. So, mm. but Jamie's not too happy. I was really disappointed when I read this because this was something that like you never spoiled for me. You were never like, hey, Jamie didn't actually attack Ned. So I'm reading the book expecting to see some like to read the perspective of an epic sword fight. You know what I mean? At least for a moment. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that his horse just gets pissed and falls on him. But I feel like the way that it is in the book kind of gives a lot more. It makes Jamie, the character of Jamie more intelligent than he is in the show because we typically see him he's ruled by his impulses and just whatever he wants to do like you think of jamie like he wouldn't care like if he wants to kill ned he's gonna kill ned but it it shows like that there's more depth to the relationship between him and Tyrion, and that he actually can think and use his brain because he doesn't want to risk his brother being killed by him doing this impulsive act what what happens to ned is is just uh terribly unfortunate and again, it sheds more light on Baelish, uh, possibly deceiving or, you know, just convincing Ned to, to, to wait up in um, King's Landing. But now all of his men are gone. This really sucked to read because, like I said, in the show, I felt like there was a lot more happening. I felt like, holy shit, Jamie has attacked Ned. I mean, I feel like I guess we still have some of that because the Lannister men were surrounding Ned's men. Mm-hmm. And so there definitely were things were happening. Like, that's fine. You yeah, it I mean? says, like, what, 20, 20 Lannisters to three Starks or something? Yeah. So, so Jory is killed, okay? Will is killed. Heward is killed. And five Lannister guardsmen die. I mean, people are dead. That That's that's what happens. Ned's sad. We lose someone that we really, really like in the book. And that sucks. And that definitely is a heightened sense of urgency. And so action is finally starting to happen. Like, it's all sort of coming to its close at the end, but I just feel like in the show, literally seeing Ned physically attacked for me, that was much more of a nail biter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it makes yeah. sense for, for a TV show, which is a visual medium is it, you know, when you, you reading a book, you can create urgency without having there be physical encounters between people. Yeah. But I wonder why, why would Jamie do this? Why attack his men the way that he did uh, Ned's men, the way that he did, because you're killing people, but you don't essentially know where your brother is. You know, you know he's with Catelyn, but you don't know what the outcome is. So aren't you jeopardizing more by killing Stark men and, and kind of starting this whole thing in motion again? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just he 
he has that impulsive nature and he had to kind of check it once. And so he's just, he's got to get that dig in somehow. And he knows Ned and that Ned actually has this great relationship with his men. And so he's like, you know what, if I can't take you out, I still got to get you somehow. And he doesn't care. Yeah. He's not thinking beyond that. He is reacting to his brother being kidnapped. Mm-hmm. I guess you would get, be a little pissed. Although, mm-hmm. speaking of the show, I don't think anything for, for Jamie, nothing Jamie does on that show could really surprise me after he threw Bran out the window. So yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Now, at the end of, at the end of the pilot. So I'm, I'm pretty much set. I'm like, I'm going to watch, you know, obviously game of Thrones, enjoy watching the character on screen, fight with Brienne, all that stuff, but nothing's going to surprise me after he threw Brand. Well, and, and Ned kind of adds fuel to the fire too, because at first Jamie says, well, you know, your, your wife did this. And he says, no, it was done at my command. Mm-hmm. And so he's giving him even more reason to do what he does. And they did put they did also put that in the show. So that's something that's important because Martin is definitely wanting to paint the context of Ned being so chivalrous, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, she did not do this on her own. Here I am. I did it. I did it. Don't be mad at her. Stab me or scare my horse into falling on me. And so he ends up uh, being, I guess, rescued in a way taken back to the Tower of the Hand, and he's left in the care of Grandmeister Pycelle, who, you know, if you're a Hand of the King, you probably don't want this guy treating you after (laughs) some of the things we've, that have been hinted at in, in, in past uh, chapters by, uh, by certain characters and the fact that he probably had a hand in killing or helping kill John Aaron. Shane Epps, who's a goo listener uh, on our Twitter just tweeted us very recently and his tweet literally just said at Game of Bones, Grandmeister Pycel just hanging out. <laughs> we'll put, That's we'll put awesome. The, we'll put Where's the he image going? in the show notes. I don't know. <laughs> on, vac- on vacation, it looks like. Look at them pleats. Ugh. Vacation Pycel. He's got a he's got a telescoping uh handle on his carry-on bag. Uh, uh, that's awesome. He's got shiny shoes, so thank you, Shane Epps, for sending us that 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 photo. That's yeah, that's very good. No, but uh so Ned's getting milk of the poppy, and that's pretty much what happens in this chapter. Maybe that'll be my own of the week, I'm not sure. So we can't say <laughs> we can't say own of the week anymore. So uh, the own of the episode, excuse me. My own of of this particular chapter goes to uh, Jamie Lannister uh, when he says, "Lord Baelish, I'd leave here in some haste if I did not care to get blood stains on my costly clothing, <laughs> <laughs> on my fine fine clothes." He's got a seven hundred thread count cape. I actually found out. Wow! Some research. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Mine goes to Littlefinger. It's after Ned has just been going on like, why is John ask? Why was John Aaron asking all these questions? Like, what what is it about the bastards that he cares about? And little and you know why kill him? And Littlefinger goes. He it says Littlefinger shook the rain from his hair and laughed. Now I see. Lord Aaron learned that his grace had filled the bellies of some whores and fishwives, and for that he had to be silenced. Small wonder. <laughs> allow a man like that to live, and next he's like to blurt out that the sun rises in the east. <laughs> I like that. It's like that was a little bit of a Sir Walter Frey getting uh, channeled in that. I feel like right, Eric. Yep. I'm gonna go ahead and have to give my own to Ned's horse because if it wasn't for <laughs> Ned's horse, he would have never broken his leg, and he could have at least walked away from from the Red Keep. So. You know, it might have changed the sequence of events that we see happening. So people don't really know it, but Ned's horse is really what's changed the entire story. That's it. Those horses, they just make all kinds of marks in the show. Yeah, They had to to rewrite 
the uh the scene for the actual show because it was really costly to, to train a horse to do that <laughs> and to not kill sean bean they went through four yeah. sean beans before they got the take right yeah the mean, the, the mean bean couldn't handle it he didn't take his equestrian classes you know it's in lord of the rings it was legolas who who got you know all that attention he just had to learn how to blow that horn real well other than that he's fine my own of the episode goes uh, also to Jamie Lannister, but this is when um, he first approaches Ned and he has to describe Tyrion or he opts to describe him. He says, I'm looking for my brother. You remember my brother, don't you, Lord Stark? He was with us at Winterfell. Fair haired, mismatched eyes, sharp of tongue, a short man. <laughs> <laughs> and Ned says, I remember him well. So there's that. Um, this is Game of Thrones. We talk about things that we like. Um, actually, we don't. We just talk about Game of Thrones and the things that we like from that. And right now, we're discussing the first book. And normally, we're either discussing a TV show or um, the sort of homes that each other have, and you know who's building it and what, and what kind of things that we're having for lunch. If you'd like to have your owns right on the show, much like how we just talked about our own and then laughed about it, maybe if you send a funny one, sort of like Shane Epps did, maybe a tweet. Maybe if you take a picture of someone in your life that maybe resembles someone and it gets picked up by a news source to be someone else. <laughs> Eric, you know what I'm talking about? That was totally George R. R. Martin inside that five guys. <laughs> hey, George R. R. Martin has since been in Jacksonville in our Panera. <laughs> I saw in, him oh, there in the Panera? other day. Okay, so he, totally he was at it's, Panera. It's, even more, it's even more likely that he was in that five guys. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> you know where to send it. You can shoot it to us on Twitter at Game of Owens, or uh, we have an email address if you're still into sending things like that. It's contact at gameofowns.com. And we thought about making our email address something funny. We're using a raven, but we decided that shit was played out, so we're not going to do it. <laughs> uh, you can also find Game of Owns over at hypable.com, along with tons of other fantastic fandom news, including. Merlin fandom talk and Glee and Once Upon a Time, which are some of the other shows that I do podcasts for over there. It's a lot of fun. You can also go over to the Hypable forums and talk with other fans of your shows, including the Game of Thrones show and Game of Owns podcast. Boom. That was Boom. great. And of course, uh, we appreciate you guys rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Uh, the threat from uh, our last episode still stands uh, for this one. So uh, <laughs> it it's, so actu it's, it's actually going to be good for the next episode as well. So it's that good of a threat that it spans three episodes. Uh, You're but warning them ahead of time. Exactly. We don't <laughs> get uh, one next week. <laughs> our next, next episode. You see, that's the thing. You're never going to know which, which episode during the week it, the, the threat is going to come on. Will it be the Monday, Wednesday, or Friday episode? You just... You're going to have to tune in and find out. Uh, but but we do appreciate your feedback. We take it into consideration uh, most of the time. Well, actually, only if it's five stars. That's the only time we take it Otherwise, into consideration. Otherwise, it's washed out with the rest of the rubbish. Exactly. Uh, get out of here. But, uh, you know, one of the other things we do like to uh, hear from you about is your owns. So do uh, send us in your owns of the week for, uh, for the next uh, couple of chapters. We will read them on our next series of shows. Episodes... Uh, 25, 26, and 27. Bada bing. Nice. Bada boom. You can email us at contact at gameofowns.com <laughs> for anything you want to talk about. Anything at all.
relationship advice. Maybe, yes. Zach maybe. likes to give relationship advice. He did that over at Glee Chat a while back. You guys asked me, though. And they also asked me about what kind of lotion I use. Yeah, he also talked for about 20 minutes about his skincare regimen. Hey, listen, it takes it takes a lot to keep these pores so beautifully tiny. I have slender pores, guys. Jessica, it was just been an absolute blast having you on. Well, thanks. It's just been a darn blast. Thanks. I enjoyed being on here with you guys. It was fun. What yeah. do we do now, guys? Come back soon. Please. This is the part where we end the show or whatever. Like, is that what we're going to do right now? Yeah. Yeah. You can grab some milk of the poppy. Just be like, see you next time. For- <laughs> I'm just going to cut this in. This is going to be the end of the show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're still getting warmed up. This is the brand new Game of Bones. And I'm I'm Zach Lewis. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Micah Tannenbaum. And I'm Jessica Chapman. Bye, Jess. <laughs> Bye. It sounded like the mummy. <laughs> it sounded like the mummy. <laughs> <laughs>